I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. Everybody, it's Dean Jackson and Joe Polish, the one and only. And here we are. Yes, we are. And Dean, look, I need to like say look. something on this uh, particular episode because tell you me, know, this is just going to be me and you, and uh, you know, and that's always a special moment because most of these episodes are me and you with uh, guests every every other episode. So here's what I want to do. I want to give everyone a recap of what I love marketing is all about because we're going to talk about something not just about marketing today, but I want to give everyone a dose of a reminder of marketing. They've heard it before if they've been listening, but if you haven't, what we do is we break everything up into three units. And what are those three units, Dean? The before unit, the during unit, and the after unit. Yeah, I would hope you would know that since you invented it. I think so, yeah. yeah. This, I love it. Let's. I feel like um, we're playing cash cab or some kind of uh, great trivia game. You could yeah, because you had no idea me. what I was going to say. So I know, yeah. I feel like I got that one. I know that one. Okay, so here's the deal. So then we've got the yeah. eight profit activators, and let's see. Do you know these off the top of your head? Can I just quiz you on I them? do. I know okay. every one of them. So the first profit activator is narrow your focus and select one target market at a time. Right. Not that you can't uh-huh. market to more people, but at a time. That's where you start with because there was recently a really kind of ridiculous comment about like telling us to, you guys, you know, with I Love Marketing, why don't you talk about – you know, selecting a single target market or whatever, and if me and you have been talking about the collective experience we both have in like me in the cleaning industry and you real estate, which we've done for years, and now we're teaching the general public how to go out and do the same sort of thing. But anyway, so that's the first one. What's the second one? <laughs> the second one is use direct response to compel your prospects to call you. Okay, great. Number three is patiently and systematically educate and motivate your prospects to meet you when they're ready to meet you. All right, what's number four? Mm-hmm. Well, number four is about presenting your unique service offer in a way that makes it easy, easy, easy for your prospects to get started. Okay. What's number five? Then number five is to deliver a dream come true experience. Okay. Well, you're not reading or cheating, are you here? I'm not reading or cheating. I'm giving you from my heart. Okay. All right. So number Are six. You reading, you're reading. There's okay. <laughs> number six. So profit activator number five. Here's the thing. It's about delivering that world class dream come true experience from your client's perspective and really, um, you know, doing whatever it is that you're doing to create the result for them. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So number six is your, it's, it's how you provide after sales service. So even mm-hmm. after you've already been paid, you provide really killer after sales service. You know, we talk mm-hmm. a lot about stick. So that's number six. What's number seven? Then number seven, now we're into the after unit. And number seven is about nurturing lifetime relationships with your clients. Okay, cool. And uh, so that's about lifetime value. And then um, number eight is orchestrating referrals by giving your clients an opportunity to feel great and fantastic about telling other people about you. So 
the point is, the reason I wanted to read all those and go through them, and I say read them because I actually have a list here. I actually lied, Dean. I have this list right here, and I was kind of playing a trick on you. But that being said, <laughs> uh, you, you can clue me. One day you can just kind of off the cuff see if I can actually you know, remember these and say them. Exactly. I'm going to catch you like no, no, when we're in a room together and I can see that you don't have any notes. Yeah. <laughs> You know, actually, though you should actually be pretty funny because I, I, I don't mind it. being put on the spot, you know, within reason. Uh-huh. So uh, that being said, um, I wanted to go over that because on our I Love Marketing podcast, you can download the, the Breakthrough DNA report, which if you've not done it before, go ahead and do that and read all about this and uh, always come back to it. Why are these uh, principle-based um, profit activators? I mean, you know, these are not timely sort of things these i think a hundred years yeah no you're exactly right yeah they're not just like they're not um maybe timely is not the right word they're not time dated they're not you know yeah they they these are things that were um that were um accurate 20 years ago and they're still going to be uh valid 20 years from now and the reason that we call it breakthrough dna is because that these eight profit activators are like little DNA cells that manifest differently in every business. You know, they're going to manifest differently in a carpet cleaning business than they do in a real estate business and manifest differently in a chiropractic or a professional practice or in a retail store or a restaurant. But they're universally present. They're always there. And so that's the... Um, that's the real value of the eight profit activators is that we've been proving for 93 episodes now how they apply to every single business. And so hearing it from um, lots of different perspectives and hearing it from our experience of applying it to a very specific target market, you with carpet cleaning, me with real estate agents, um, is really valuable to think through the process of how to think about these eight profit activators and how to um, apply them to your business. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight was the some of the experiences that I've had just in the last little while. I'm constantly observing what's happening to me. I'm always observing, um, you know, as I'm experiencing things, what is happening in um, the real world and how, you know, these eight profit activators apply. And so I was recently in California um, at uh, Frank Kern's wedding. And so I had... Well, you know, I thought we were only going to talk about things that are going to be timeless here because that wedding cannot be, you know, that marriage can be timeless. Well, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter. The, the fact is I was out in California and here's the experiences that I had. So getting out there, um, you know, flying there, landing and going to the enterprise rent-a-car um, situation. Same, and I had the same experience when I was in Phoenix going to the Enterprise Rent a Car. That Enterprise has really um, impressed me in the way that they handle the during unit, the way they handle the experience of you know getting your car and returning your car because that's the that's the two things that. Um, you know, that are really the the pivotal moments in the rental car experience. And I travel 
um, and often don't make a rental car reservation. I don't have a, I don't reserve a car online. So sometimes I'll land at the airport and I won't have a car reservation. So I will go to the counter or I'll hop on the, the bus, you know? And so in Phoenix, I did that. And the, um, you know, the bus driver is very courteous, very uh, helpful, friendly, and then explaining something that you'll need to know coming back on the trip. He was saying, you know, if you're flying on the same airline that you were, that you arrived on, then you'll be going back to Terminal 3. So when you return the car, when you get out here, look for the bus that says Terminal 3. And if you forget that, just look up in the monitors and it will show you the airlines and which terminal to go to. So future pacing, knowing that you're going to return the car and you're going to maybe need to know what to do when you return that car. It could cause some friction for you, but he's kind of future pacing that and letting you know ahead of time what's going to happen. So I thought that requires some architecture that requires somebody to think that process through and to make those suggestions of how you could make um, a valuable experience for people going to the airport. So when I you get there, um, you know, in Phoenix, you go up on one level and you make your uh, reservation, go through that whole process. And then you come down this, the escalator into where all the cars are. And so coming down there, we're greeted at the um, entrance to the thing by a young guy who's got some you know, cold bottles of water for us. He hands us the cold bottles of water, um, you know, takes our uh, reservation for us and introduces himself, tells us he's going to, you know, help us pick out the car. And he walks us right through, takes our bag and takes us to the, the um, aisle where the cars are that we had uh, rented, help, gives us our choice of any one of those. He walks around the car, does the whole um, experience for us. And it was really a well-orchestrated, nice experience. And then when we're getting out of the uh, parking area, the guy who takes all of our information, takes the contracts and stuff, the last question he asks us is, is how did we do? Is there anything we could have done better? So really very interesting that they know that at the end of this encounter, they're going to ask you, how did we do? Is there anything that we could have done better? And they're really focused on um, providing that experience for you from the moment you land till the moment that you get in your car and exit the um, exit the um, parking garage. You know, that experience was really orchestrated. And the same thing happened in San Diego when I was at, at, um, in California just recently. And so I, when I went through that same process there, same thing, very friendly bus driver, same kind of future pacing information. You go to the counter, you rent your vehicle, they're, you know, greeting you, helping you find the car. And on the way out, they ask you the same thing. And when I was returning the car, effortless return process. They're very friendly. And then the last question they ask you again, how was your experience? Is there anything we could have done better? And it was really kind of like, you feel good about that because even asking that question, I realized there really was nothing that they could have done better. And I realized that 
even asking that question points that out. You know, it highlights the fact that there really wasn't anything that they could have done better. They did a great job. Right, right. Yeah. And so, but that takes some orchestration. And, and you know, they did it and delivered that in a pleasant way that they, you know, that that was an orchestrated procedure. You know, it wasn't, doesn't just happen by accident. They know that somebody's going to ask that question at the end. That They know that if they don't do a good job or they're rude or they are short with you or there's some, any friction in that process that you're going to tell them that. So what do you think the takeaway for everyone listening should take from that? So I think that when you realize that the during unit, the experience that is the core of what it is you do, when you recognize that as a timeline, when you recognize it, that it starts from the moment they engage with you and it goes until the transaction ends, that profit activator number five area is um, really your chance to architect an, an experience that is remarkable. And that's really the, the goal of this. You know, when you look at it, that the, you know, the, the core objective, of course, is to deliver the result that, they're, uh, that you're providing for people, you know, delivering a clean rental car that, that works. Um, but the, you know, the next level of that is really doing it in a way that's remarkable that creates raving fans. One of my favorite books ever for um, for the during unit for especially Profit Activator number five is is Ken Blanchard's Raving Fans. That's a um, a great book that talks all about that. You know that it's your chance to put your signature on something, to put your um, your flavor on something, to to really create an experience that you would be proud of. So I think you've recommended that book like 400 times. Well, I think I probably have. Every time we talk about Profit Activator number five, it's like it's the book that I can uh, that I can reliably point to that really stimulates the kind of thinking that um, required that that's required for that. Now well, let's let's in, talk about let's talk about thinking uh-huh. after you said. Well, that's whatever. exactly it. Because tonight, you know, when you and I were talking, one of the things that. Um, I suggested was that we we talk about um, this idea of one of Napoleon Hill's almost forgotten principles of success is accurate thinking, and um, there's been so many things that have been going on recently that that have really kind of brought that to the the forefront of my mind, and I want to I think there's a lot of things that we could um, talk about. Po- you know, politics at the, t- at the time we're actually recording this, politics being one of them. And if you actually, you know, look around at the world and how people make decisions, uh, you can, if you if you're an accurate thinker, you can see the difference between accurate thinking in action or not. Right, you're absolutely right. Well, well, define it. What does accurate thinking mean? Well, I think that you know, knowing. Um, and there's lots of different kinds of thinking, you know, like there, there's lots of, of valuable different mindsets. There's lots of different um, approaches to things. And I think that, th- you know, when we talk about the the during unit, especially accurate thinking is thinking from the perspective of 
the end user, your your client, how they're going to experience this, you know, and rather than looking at it from a um, perspective of what's the most convenient thing for you, as you know, we're looking at what's the what's the remarkable experience, what's the dream come true experience for your clients, and you know, we talk about the the two things of being the the core objective, which is you know whatever the the core objective of your um, of your experiences, getting them the rental car, or um, I in the same trip, uh, I stayed at a, a great place in San Diego called the Grand Del Mar, and it's a um, spa golf resort um, in Del Mar, California, just north of uh, in North County, San Diego, and this is like a world class resort. So it's a wonderful um five star uh resort a incredible spa um and when i got there you know that same experience it's got all of the four seasons type experience you know they when they when you check in they've got a nice um you know hot towel for you they've got some lemonade for you they you know when they come uh when you check in they don't just hand your key over the counter they come around the counter and they hand it to you and take you right to the elevator instead of saying go around the corner down this hall over to the left there's the elevators they take you right to the elevator push the button for you tell you what floor you're on and which way to turn when you get off the elevator and just that kind of you know that kind of orchestration is how we do it here you know that's kind of the the thinking that goes into that is what is going to be the dream come true experience for somebody checking in to this hotel um and what i was really impressed by was in different places at the cafe at the gift shop at the spa anywhere that you were sort of um standing at the cash register they had these little postcards little survey cards um that were that asked the question, can we bribe you back? How can we bribe you back? And it basically said, give us your contact information for um, special rates and and offers on um, any of the following. And you check the box. You know, are you interested in, um, you know, golfing, spa, um, you know, what, all those kind of uh, spa treatments. And you you fill out information of what you're what you're most interested in why why the resort is your choice kind of thing, and it was a great strategic way of realizing that one of the best opportunities they have to bring somebody back is to encourage that while they're already there you know and that applies to anything if you're if you're in a restaurant. One of the best times to, you know, the strategic opportunity you have is to um, nurture, think ahead, you know, think about nurturing that lifetime relationship with them in the during unit. You don't wait until you officially get into um, the after unit, but think that way from the beginning. Think ahead that that's what you're that's what you're going to do. So it was interesting to see that in action, you know. Yes. That's why being out and traveling and getting out of your normal environment is um, really instructive, you know. And you you travel a lot. 
And, well, you know, you, you probably notice those kind of things, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's actually one of the best ways to get perspective is, you know, even Gary Halbert used to, to say that uh, if you find yourself becoming very successful financially, you know, take the bus once a week, you know, just uh-huh. get yourself out of your, your own world. Um, very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think... Uh, you know, I have, I have a friend, John Butcher, who uh, owns a company called Precious Moments. They're the collectible mm-hmm. company that does the, the figurines and stuff. And he also created a company called um, Lifebook, which is really yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, you met, you met John before. You met I know John, yeah. And basically, you know, he is a great world traveler, and he takes his kids all the time, it, really for that perspective, just to get different – I mean, you, you just can't experience – and understand things uh, if you don't go experience them. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can read about it. And, you know, there's certain people that are better than others. But for the most part, you know, getting out of your own world and and having, you know, different observations is one of the, you know, a lot of times people don't travel because or take vacations because they think, oh, you know, I well, for one, I can't afford it or, you know, they have this guilt of leaving, but, but if you start really looking at it as about expanding your possibilities for success, even when I was broke, uh, you know, struggling when I first started my business, I would actually go window shopping. I would go look at cars that I couldn't afford because it just, it, it did something for my brain, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's very similar to what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's, you know, so um, if if you just pay attention um, as you're going through new experiences, I mean, you must have had, um, you know, in you've been shopping now for um, the different electric cars. I mean, you've gone through the the Fisker experience. You've gone through the um, Tesla. The what's the other one? I forget. Tesla. The Tesla experience. Yeah, well, I got my and, Fisker. You know, I don't have a Tesla yet. I'm still waiting for right. that to arrive. Yeah, so what would you say in observation of the during unit of those two um, experiences? What would that? What, well, what could you say was the most instructive thing that you observed about that? Okay, the, the thing that uh, – Tesla, George uh, Blankenship is the one that set up the Tesla store. So Tesla has created a whole different sort of environment, which we'll have to put up the videos because I actually videotaped being at Tesla and going through the purchase process of reserving the car, which I haven't purchased yet because they have a thing where you actually put down a $5,000 deposit. And when your car is ready, they will notify you a few weeks before the car is ready. And then you can, uh, with no obligation uh, to them, you can cancel out and you can get your $5,000 back, right? And mm-hmm. if, if you do decide to. So it's, it's a really great way to have someone put some skin in the game but not have them feel at risk, you know, just to get a bunch of pre-orders for the Tesla. Then, you know, so when I did that uh, originally in San Francisco, you know, uh, and you were with me, mm-hmm. weren't you? No, no, it wasn't. I wasn't with you. Who was it? Was it Brenda? Who was I with? 
I think it was Brendan Burchard. Yeah. Okay, I can't even remember. Uh, you know, it might have been Kevin. I was no, no. I'm sorry. Diego. It was Mike Klein. It was Mike Klein. Okay. So right, we, right, we, right. we we walk. You know, it's so funny because it was in the same center in San Francisco where I can't even remember what the place is called where they have the Tesla thing. Where I've actually been there with you before, so I totally got confused. Uh, but right. it was with Mike Klein, and we were there, and our girlfriends were getting massages, and we were walking around this this mall, and we, you know, I just gotten done working out because there's a gym there, and we're walking around there. And uh, we walk into the Tesla store. I had no intention whatsoever of thinking I was going to buy one uh, or put a deposit down. And, and so the presentation, though, see, George Blankenship, the guy that designed the Tesla stores, also is the guy that originally designed the Apple stores and the Microsoft stores. So he has mm-hmm. just got a real good brain for you know design and for setup and creating a experience, a, a, a really phenomenal before experience for uh, prospects and, and, and clients and customers. And so we go in there and it's education-based marketing. You know, they've got a couple of Teslas <laughs> and they've got things up on the wall and you've never really looked at cars this way. It's a completely different environment than a car lot. You know, you're indoors, it's air-conditioned or if it's cold out, you know, it's, it's always a nice temperature. And they sit you down in front of a computer and they walk you through it and they take you through this whole process. And you start with entering your name and your email so you're in their system. They are doing lead capture before you even get to the point of, you know, you're going to buy a car. I mean, it's it's brilliant. I think everyone should go and and, and see how it's done. And so, uh, you know, there we are, you know, several minutes later and I'm giving them a, you know, entering a credit card into their computer system. You know, I'm putting it in. They're not taking a credit card and swiping it or anything like that. Right. They don't got a little square thing on the top of an iPhone. I mean, you're sitting there in front of a computer entering your information. And so when I get back to Arizona, they you know open one up in Scottsdale at the Scottsdale Fashion Square Mall. There's a Tesla store, which several stories up in the mall. Like I think it's the second or third story. You know, I was like thinking, how the hell mm-hmm. do they get the car up there? And so, <laughs> that's funny. But they got a couple of cars up there, and then yeah, you know, right. They send it. So what they do is like all over the country, wherever they got the highest concentration of orders that are coming in online, they're going on. They're opening up Tesla stores. Now you know I like seeing things like Fisker and Tesla succeed because you know it's it's just it's it's creative destruction. You know, I actually, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of environmental companies that are going bankrupt and stuff, they, they should be because they're, they're, they're really, they don't have their act together and stuff. And when I say they mm-hmm. should be, not because I'm anti-environmentalism. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of these companies that are getting funded that really, you know, they don't have their, they don't really quite have their act together. Uh, however, I really like what's being done with, with the, these unique car companies. I mean, even when at Singularity University, I'm, I'm doing a little tangent here, but at Singularity University, you know, the guys that designed and created the, you know, the, the, the Google car that drives without a driver, it's amazing. Right. So, you know, I've, I've had dinner with one of them. But so basically, going back to uh, this experience, so they... Uh, you know, open up a store in Scottsdale and then they, um, you know, send an email out that we're doing it. We're going to have, uh, you know, an opportunity to, you know, to test drive the, the, the Tesla. And so make a reservation and you make a reservation and you, you know, they set it up just like you would make an appointment at the Apple store, you know, and you put in your name and information and, you know, it was on a Saturday and I went down there and I drove it and videotaped it and I've got all those videos, which, uh, you know, some of them, they're just not really edited well, though, but, you know, we can maybe find a couple and pop them up on the site. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Or we can do it later. We'll decide. But So, yeah. so that's, that is the before experience with Tesla. Now, I haven't gotten the car. 
you know, they drive very cool. They, they're, they're really neat. Uh, even when I was in the car, we actually pulled up I Love Marketing on the computer screen. I remember seeing that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I sent you that video, and that was yeah. pretty cool. And so now – now you take the, now, now let's take Fisker because I, I actually bought a Fisker and I'm driving a Fisker and we're actually giving it away for who uh, for for the Genius Network for whoever sends the most uh, referrals to uh, the 25K group. Which if anyone wants to do that, 25kgroup.com. By the way, all right. So um, you know the car is phenomenal. Now I'm going to be biased in this though because the dealership. Um, you know, there's a person there at the dealership who I think is really cool and really helpful, but there's a couple of other people at the dealership that I would say don't really quite understand uh, the best. I remember about. I was in the car when we had a couple of conversations with somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some, been some idiotic <laughs> stuff. And this is coming from a dealership that I've bought six automobiles from. And I'm not going to name their right. name yet because, you know, I, I don't want to. No, no, I got you. You know, but the thing is, I mean, there's some idiots that work at this place. And I don't mean like the Fisker dealership. I just mean the, the company in general. And so right. uh, one of these days I'm going to actually track down the actual guy who owns this very large dealership because they own, you know, they own all kinds of different um, you know, they own Mercedes and, and Fisker and BMW and you know, Land Rover. Of, yeah. Uh, not worldwide, but uh, like, you know, no, no, I know. and so I mean, basically, um, you know, the, 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 but see, I'm biased though, because I've actually had a con- conversation with uh, Henrik uh, Fisker, who is the founder of Fisker, who I think is a really cool guy, really innovative. He was one of the top, you know, the top design guy at Aston Martin and uh, Ford and, you know, so very sharp, very brilliant guy, and I actually want to have him as a guest uh, for I Love Marketing. So we'll we'll, we'll do that at some point. Perfect. Um, but so the Fisker, I think, is like the coolest automobile. Don't you think, Joe? We should really focus on getting thought leaders on the show. Yeah, exactly. I think we should. <laughs> <laughs> and that's an inside joke if everyone doesn't understand what we're talking about. <laughs> no, tell the story. Tell the story. I mean, you know, I think it's funny. Well, uh, we always laugh. It was funny. Somebody in the comments had said, you know, stop, uh, you know, parading your buddies through here and focus on the real thought leaders. And I, I look back at the last 10 episodes that we've had of, of marketing and we had, you know, Mark Thompson, Tony Robbins. Uh, you know, I mean, we're thinking, and, and I look back at all the people, uh, Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk and Peter Diamandis and Richard Branson. And I'm thinking, you know, who, who among those is not a thought leader? It just right. happens to be our friends, you know, it you know, critics, <laughs> critics are funny. I mean, they're really, you, you know, yeah. like you could, you could give everything, uh, you know, under the sun that'd be like, Oh, Joe, you babble too much. You could have said what you said on, I love marketing and half the time. <laughs> yeah. I could Stop have, with you all know, the I joking around. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not Obama. I don't have a teleprompter sitting in front of me all the time and I ramble. I have ADD, but the fact is, you know, we have, we have like great marketing stuff here that we give <laughs> people. And we interview amazing individuals, the very best that we can find in it. Yeah, so going back to Henrik Fisker, you know, trying to, you know, I just like people that are doing innovative stuff. And I'm a real big fan of of creative destruction. So, but the experience is completely different. You know, uh, you know, the thing with, a, you know, the, the Fisker versus the Tesla, you know, Fisker's not gotten great PR in a lot of areas. Uh, but the car is amazing. And, you know, they're they're working really hard on, on doing some really cool stuff and as mm-hmm. it's it's my favorite looking automobile though i think it's fast as hell everyone that's driven beautiful i mean everyone that's yeah. driven is like oh my god this car is unbelievable and so you know i i love it and uh you know part of uh 
part of the whole process here is just seeing how the entire auto industry works. And I, and, and I really think, uh, you know, I'm a guy that has bought in a lot of cars because we give them away as contests. You know, I've given away Mercedes and mm-hmm. Hummers and Corvettes and Jaguars and Land Rovers and, and, and you name it. And uh, if there's any industry that could use uh, what it is we teach on I Love Marketing and take it seriously, it's the auto industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, I even providing after-sell service, even after you've already been paid, I mean, very few people in that industry do it well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, Alicat, you know, I, who does do it well is our BMW dealer here in Florida. Uh-huh. Um, it, you know, it's a very... Um, different experience than even the Mercedes dealer that because we have a Mercedes and a BMW and the BMW dealer is um, I'd have to say superior to the Mercedes dealer in the way that they handle the uh, relationship and the after sale experience. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, can I you say, know, our, say? Let me say something to that too because I, I don't want anyone to take out of context what I said. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about entire auto companies because it isn't. No, no, thing. yeah, yeah, because you're experiencing it at the dealership level, right? Because right. right, there's, you know, there's two BMW dealerships here uh, in Arizona. There's two Mercedes dealerships here. I can guarantee you from experiencing both of them, one is, you know, same same automobile, but completely different management, completely different mindset from the individual, right. you know, dealership. Yeah, like so, and I don't know that that's that's a good point. Because I don't know that this is true of all BMW dealerships, but our BMW dealership here, um, you know, when it's time to service the the vehicle, just the guy who um, who sold the car actually lives in uh, Winter Haven, the and the dealership's in Lakeland, next town over. And you know, when it's time for the car to be serviced, he'll come and drop off a uh, loaner car and take the car into uh, to be serviced and bring it back at the end of the day and trade back out. So there's zero inconvenience at all. Right. But also if you ever are in Lakeland and you are near the dealership, if you drive in, they'll, they'll wash your car uh, for free any, any time, you know, you just drive in and they'll wash it and off you go. And I thought, you know, that's an interesting you know, after sale um, experience. And, you know, it's good for that because clean BMWs look better than dirty BMWs. And so it's a good thing for uh, for them because a clean car kind of, uh, you know, sparks people's attention. And also it gets you in the habit of continuing to come into the dealership and while you're waiting for them to clean wash your car what are you doing you're looking at you're looking at this year's model and all of a sudden your uh two-year-old model doesn't <laughs> you're starting to think ahead now you know right 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 you know, one so of there's, things... a, there's a strategic objective of that too okay so going back to accurate thinking i mean what is required for someone in let, let's you know, we're using car examples like why do some people get it and others don't well, I think that when you look at it, um, sometimes having a different perspective is uh, changes the way you think about something. You know, if you're thinking about you hear you hear me talk a lot about this idea of core objectives and strategic objectives. You know, like the all the real 
um, breakthroughs are in the strategic objectives of the Turing unit, not so much in the core objective. You know, like so, the core objective is to sell somebody the car, get them off the lot, and and uh, you know rack it up on the sales chart for the for the month, you know. Um, but when somebody buys a car, the strategic objective is that you are setting up a lifetime relationship that they're gonna that their next car is gonna be um a BMW or whatever it is. And so many of the luxury car dealers now will include servicing in the uh in the purchase price so that you're continue you're coming back into the the dealership but you know when you look at the um um other opportunities that you have of getting a referral from the people that you are uh the people who just bought that car that requires thinking about the experience that they're going to have when as soon as they leave the dealership you know what what's going on there because never um their entire inner circle now in the next seven to ten days is going to see this new car it's the thing that they're excited about you know like what what do people do when they leave the dealership the first thing they do is they are on the phone and they're calling somebody their friend or their family or or their girlfriend or their spouse and they're uh saying, hey, I got the new car, I'm coming over, where are you? You know, they're going to show it off to somebody, right? That's the first step. And they're going to be pulling into their driveway for the first time, and the neighbors are going to see the new car, and they're going to get out of the car, and they're going to, you know, back away and kind of look at it and and feel good about it, maybe, you know, wipe off the little spot that they got on it <laughs> on the way from the dealership to the you know, their driveway and they're going to go inside the house and then they're going to be looking out the window at it. And then they might be posting up on Facebook about it. And, you know, all of these things are happening and, you know, um, accurate thinking would be about understanding what those things are, understanding what's happening and thinking ahead as to how you can, leverage those opportunities what can you do knowing that that's going to happen to give yourself the best opportunity to um, not only just cement that relationship but to you know take advantage of all that momentum and turn that into more people buying cars you know yeah, you know what? There, there's a lot to be said about you know it's a lot easier to uh, maintain momentum than create momentum. And what right. what happens and what what I think is so great about the eight profit activators, you you take you know deliver a dream come true experience designed from your client's perspective. Well, that's building on the momentum of the you know doing a good job in the uh, before unit as you go into the during unit. And then the right. after unit of you know providing uh, after sales service even after you've already been paid, and then, and then moving into nurturing you know relationships and focus on lifetime value. That that's just building on the momentum uh, that is already you know kept. And, and what happens is in, in these units, a lot of people this 
you know, they play them individually and, and they don't, they kind of neglect. I mean, it, it's, it's just really weird. It's kind of like if you're lifting weights and all you do is you, you know, train arms, but you never, you know, do core or you never train your legs. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, you're going to have a lot of imbalances in your, your system. If you're just going to lift weights with, you know, does, could you imagine all you, you know, I lift weights. I, all I do is calf raises. You know, (laughs) it's like, you know, Popeye calves. Yeah. (laughs) You got some big ass calves, you know, but it's, it's the same thing. And, um, you know, part of it is looking this, uh, you know, the chain is only as strong as the weakest link and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, but the, you know, the, the real thing to realize is that a lot of that momentum is based on the, the natural timeline that's happening from the moment that they start till the moment that it ends. And so if you think, if you know that people are, are on Facebook and they're going to be sharing about their new car with their friends, if you think ahead and think, wouldn't it be cool if we had a video, just a 30 second video of, Everybody who buys a new car getting in their car, driving off the lot and waving as they're they're leaving in their new car. You know they're getting the keys, they're getting in the car, they start the car, they drive off. That that thirty seconds to one minute. If you had a video of that that you could put on as a dealer your Facebook page and tag them in it so that it's already on their Facebook wall as soon as they leave the dealership. That is an opportunity that you only have once. They're only going to get the keys, start the car, and drive off the lot one time. And if you don't think ahead for that, if you don't plan ahead knowing that that's what's going to happen in the next you know, 48 hours after they leave, um, leave the lot, you've lost that opportunity. And you can't recreate that. So thinking ahead... Knowing that that would be a valuable thing would lead you to the um, process that supports it of setting up so that you the every salesperson on the on the uh, on the lot has a flip video camera or some kind of you know easy to use video camera that has the process when their people are are getting in the car and leaving that they shoot a video and they use a little script or use, you know, some way to introduce that idea and they shoot the video and then they go right back to their desk and they upload that video right to the Facebook page and tag those people in it. Congratulations to Joe Polish. He just drove off the lot with his new Fisker. And that's kind of like a, uh, a great experience, a great thing that is um, only happens if you think ahead and architect it. Exactly. That is yeah. a great idea, too. There's, I mean, I, uh, everyone listening, uh, I'm sure, can find some version of an application of that. Well, or, that's of course, the thing is when... Yeah, looking at it though, you know, we divide the the client experience timeline into, you know, two parts. Above the line is the actual experience, and below the line are the processes and the systems that need to go in place to make sure that uh, that happens ahead of time. If you look at the timeline that um, you know, on the moment that they the they're getting the keys, 
that the uh, you're going to shoot a video. That's the above the line experience. Below the line, what has to happen before that moment ever gets there is that the guy's got to have his flip video. It's got to be charged. He's got to have it in his pocket. He's got to know what to say to say, "Hey, I'm going to sh- let me shoot a little video of you, uh, you know, getting in the car. Here's your new keys." And that kind of thing, orchestrating that 30 seconds to a one-minute video, and then he's got to know how to um, upload that to the the Facebook page and how to tag them. You know, there's those are all below-the-line things that the client isn't experiencing. What their experience was is that as a as a um, as the moment they got the keys, the guy pulls out the camera and says, "Hey, let me shoot a video of you as you're getting in your new car there," and that's it. You know, that, that's what they experience. That's the above-the-line experience. And then when they get home and they go to log on to Facebook to tell everybody they got their new car, already right there on their wall is your video that you just shot. And they can just say to people, hey, look, at there's the video for you. Yep. I mean, that's just that's just really smart. That, that alone, that one little idea alone, if it was actually listened to and leveraged and heard, by a say a particular car company would be worth mm-hmm. millions millions it really time. would and you know that's the same thing for anything that you're delivering you're delivering a, a product to somebody somebody who you know that when they get their new house you know and they're going to put the sold sign up or you know when they uh you know get their um new motorcycle or they get whatever, you know, if there's a physical product that you create for somebody or you've, you know, renovated their basement and it's the reveal of the basement, you know, or anything like that. You think what, what moment could you capture at the uh, end of the transaction that is, would be a valuable thing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the the key here is to do a little brainstorming and how to, to think about how can you take that and, and apply it to yourself. Or, of course, the other option is, you know, well, you're talking about apples and I saw oranges, so I don't know how that would apply to me. I know. That's why the thing is, you know, you, you give an experience, you give a thing like that, and that, I think part of accurate thinking is being able to to adapt ideas for your own Thing, you know, immediately not thinking, well, that doesn't apply to me, but thinking, how does this apply to me? How could this apply to me? What could I do? What's the music of this? Not necessarily that that specific idea. Yeah, you know, and let me mention one thing, too, and I'll be a little bit sarcastic and, uh, and, and stuff. <laughs> you know, we, we, we've had a person that has uh, uh, made comments. He uses the, uh, the initials APL as for Apple. And he writes these comments that are, uh, you know, I, I could say all kinds of insulting things, sort of like he does. But if someone just were to read the comments that he writes, I mean, it just they speak for themselves. And the um, the the thing about um, having a opinion about an idea versus having a um, um, a measurement or a result of the 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 use of the idea is are two completely different things and when i interviewed uh, my friend nathaniel brandon he's like the the father of self-esteem he wrote you know many books on self-esteem and just a brilliant guy and he um you know i was interviewing him on uh, a genius network interview several years ago on self-esteem and he 
said this line, which he didn't come up with. I can't remember the lady who actually said it, but he said, you know, when people go to a therapist, they're not looking for uh, an explanation. They're looking for an experience. You know, uh, most people that are going to therapy, they, you know, probably read books. They're, they're probably, you know, they've struggled with something. And so by the time they, they go to a therapist, they don't need an explanation of, you know, depression, um, you know, they're, they're going to get that anyway, but they, they, what they're looking for is an experience of, of changing it and feeling different. And in a lot of ways, you know, if someone just listens to these ideas as common sense as some of them are. Um, most people don't do them, but you know, the, the real way to get the most out of this is, is to actually, you need an experience to really be bought into marketing. Mm. You know, people that we try to teach marketing to, it's not until they actually put the strategy in place. You know, as our friend Evan says, you know, speed of implementation is one of the most important things that you can do when you hear a good idea is you, how quickly mm-hmm. you can take it from hearing it and putting it into action because then you get to experience it. And, you know, there are the people that are passively listening to this, you know, and that's fine. I mean, maybe they're learning about business. Maybe they're learning it different ways to think because certainly one of our main goals is to, is to not just teach strategies, but change the way someone thinks about it. Even if we just have conversations, just creating that conversation in your mind as it relates to marketing and positioning and building, you know, your business, I think that is very useful just to, to change the way you think. But more than anything, we want people to experience the results. And that's why, you know, taking an idea, like you said, for the dealership and saying, oh, well, how does this apply to me? You know, what can I do as soon as there's that sweet spot where the time the timing is perfect mm-hmm. to capture the our client or our prospects you know yeah, experience ever something. happier about getting a new car than the moment they get in it the first time and drive it off the lot yeah right. and so as i parlayed that into cr- critics if if you actually look at people that actually criticize things as it relates to how to most of it is not i tried this thing and it didn't work most of it's just having an opinion on something that you've never even really tried but thinking you know they're trying to give someone advice on how to do something better you know the whole comment about thought leaders one you know mm-hmm. i'd love to see one of those sort of people go and set up an interview with richard branson or tony robbins or tim ferris let alone set up a podcast and all of the things, you know, I mean, and this is not complicated. I mean, we tell people, go ahead and do it. I mean, what's great about our meetup groups, we're like, see what me and Dean are doing. Go do it yourself. You know, I mean, you know, we're not, we're not trying to hide the recipe here. It's right Stop here. Stop it, Joe. Stop giving away our secret yeah, recipe. You know, it's like we're, we're doing this to help you. Go do what we're doing. Don't take our content. Don't take our name. I mean, that would be not only How are we stupid, ever going to be able to survive as a free podcast if everybody else is giving away free podcasts? <laughs> Dude, that is so funny. Honestly, it's so funny. But, you know, the, the thing is, but, like, if you're going to post something, you know, on our site or anyone's that's like, what's, I mean, try their recipe before you complain about how you don't think it's a good recipe. I mean, if you baked, you know. I just don't like well, that's people making cookies. Like, yeah. That's a good word. I want to bring that word back because that you know our friend Dean Graziosi talks about recipes as a you know the the secret. But yeah, I mean it, you're so right. You know, yes, yeah, so. it is kind of funny. <laughs> we'll talk about the recipes then, since you just mentioned it. Go for it. Well, you know, it's kind of an interesting um, dynamic. You know, part of, part of accurate thinking, again, is how you think about what um, the dynamics of something. Like I, 
It's really interesting to me. You know, you did the incredible is selling evil video, which has been just phenomenal. And you got that in, in success magazine and that, that whole idea is, you know, an incredible, um, thought, a, a very accurate thinking without if somebody was without salespeople, nothing would ever get done. You know, nobody you never have any kind of new new product. Salespeople are the backbone. Selling is the backbone of of our economy. And um, so, I, I, that same thing. There's a lot of talk, and it, it's interesting language when you hear people talking about pitching. And you know, you say these things. Well, they yeah, they talk about this, but then they pitch something. And like pitching is a you know the same kind of thing. It's like selling is is pitching evil, you know. And you look at this idea, like a high performance person is thinking about something that somebody has already done written down the recipe for you and providing you a shortcut to a, a tremendous shortcut from ground zero to actually implementing an idea. Um, and, you know, I always look at those things as like, well, thank God that I don't have to figure that out now. Somebody's already done that for me, you know, and they're thankful and, and look at that as a good thing instead of looking at it as as a bad thing. You know, that there's, well, yeah, I mean, they'll tell you what to do, but they, they you have to buy their thing to to do it, you know, and I, I think like, well, thank God that they have done that and have got something that is going to shortcut the process for you. I mean, that accurate thinking is saying, you know, you could skip to the front of the line here. You know, you do, you could skip all that, um, all the stuff of having to figure something out if you can follow a recipe that somebody's already created. Well, yeah, you know, and the funny thing too is, especially after you let someone have a free trial of your recipes and, and, and you, you show that how yeah. this actually works and the results. I mean, this is not like a, a, a sneaky sales letter making promises and then you know suggesting a product or service that someone should buy, or in our case, an information product that's going to like just get money out of someone and sneak up on them. But people that actually mm -hmm. think that salespeople are people that are incentivized to make a profit. Uh, because you know they might actually make some money out of something are bad people i mean these are th that is the most inaccurate delusional form of thinking on the planet i mean how do people mm -hmm. expect anything to ex i mean you know do you expect you know electricity and roads and computers and cars and music lessons and you know grocery stores if there's no incentivization for this sort of stuff but it's it's interesting that people in the the giving of advice business or the how-to business or the strategy business seem to, you know, get uh, attacked because, mm -hmm. God forbid, they might actually be trying to, to sell their, their knowledge and their advice. You know, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's funny because I, most information marketers I know, some that are viciously attacked, that are good people online by mm -hmm. morons that cannot mm -hmm. do what they do, so they're, they're jealous. Um, I mean, these people provide far greater services in a much less expensive, more condensed, fast period of time than most colleges and universities that I'm aware of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but you don't see people out there 
hammering these colleges and universities quite in the same way. Not that it doesn't happen. I mean, I think over the last few years, there's been a lot of exposure of the inadequacies of the educational systems. But you know what? I mean, that's the beauty of free choice. I mean, no one's forcing anyone to listen to a podcast, buy a book, buy a course, go to a seminar, go to college. I mean, you know, these are these are choices that people make. And, and the thing is making mm-hmm. decisions based on, you know, what do you think is going to be the, the, the best sort of fit. And, you know, the, the, the thing is most people, uh, I think, that are players, you know, they just sort of get that. You know, yeah. the challenge is, is that there's a lot of people that aren't players that really don't get that. And, and you know, and I, I don't know, I don't know if you can fix stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fix stupid. Yeah. You know? I mean, that, that should be our slogan for this episode. <laughs> you can't fix stupid. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could, you could try, but I don't know. I don't know if it's fixable, you know. Oh, good Lord. That's so funny. You know, I remember Gary so, Halbert, he started one of his seminars once where he had this guy, Joaquin de Posada, who he had, mm. he, he did his, his Gary Halbert famous carbonized shit theory where, you know, when you're, right. when you're a little child, you know, you're assigned a <laughs> little angel and one has a mallet and a bag of bullshit and it, you would hold the bullshit over your, your, your head, which is also porous and he would smack it and. You know, the world would, all this would seep into, like, you know, he would say things like, you should take Latin because that's going to be really important. And this bullshit would seep into your head. And then he would go, he would give all these examples. So when you see a politician on TV making promises and everything, you know, little mallet, you know, with an angel smack, you know, listen to what this politician says, you know, more bullshit would seep into your head. And so by the time you're an adult, you, you have, you know, you have so much shit that's been packed into your head from the world, you know. So when you look at like a, a televangelist and they're 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 speaking and you see light gleaming out of their eyes, it's not enthusiasm, it's just light reflecting on shit that's become so hard packed that it's carbonized into a diamond like luster. <laughs> and so then he introduces this guy, uh, Joaquin, saying, you know, he's a stool softener. And so he's gonna come up and he's gonna help, you know, he's gonna help get this shit out of your heads, you know, so you can actually think straight and get like understand that what I'm about to share with you with this marketing is the best way to build and grow your business and it actually is pretty classic I mean Gary's original carbonized shit theory speech is pretty darn funny but those, yeah. those were some of the highlights but yeah you know I mean that that's that's the thing uh and, and you know I, ho- I hope our podcast is a stool softener for some people because <laughs> Most of the stuff that's taught up marketing or an is, enema, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and the thing is, is like more than anything, is just embracing selling and marketing is a good thing. I mean, when I see someone that's a marketer pitching something, but they're pitching something that's going to help someone get to a bigger future that's good for them, you know, why would you ever give that person a hard time? Celebrate them. I mean, they're knowing how to get money out of people by making a case and selling something that's useful, you know, and and pay attention to it. Right. That's what I always say. When we look at, there's no extra charge to to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you know, I think a lot of people have a real hard time with people that are that are good at getting them to part with money because they so Mm -hmm. want it. You know, it's it's kind of like it's like people that attack the rich, but as they all want to be one, as if these people are bad. You know, like vilify the, the successful people because they're successful. I mean, it's it's silly. Well, you know, you, you look at, and it's a different, I think it's a lot about the way that people think about money. You know, when you think about the way that, um, 
you know, when we've got different people who you always think about money as fun tickets, you know, and that's kind of an interesting approach to think about money and, uh, you know, thinking about money being able to, to get you shortcuts, you know, and the kind of shortcuts that are valuable are the recipes of somebody who's already been where you want to go. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you know what? I want, what I want to do before we wrap up because we're right at that time, okay. Dean. According yeah, to yeah. Work. We're almost there. We got a minute left. Um, okay. The is selling evil video that's on YouTube. If you put in "is selling evil" and type in my name, if it doesn't immediately pop up with this very mm-hmm. beautiful picture of me, and you can see my three minute and forty second uh, rant on that, the question when someone asked me, "Is selling evil?" and I just talked. Um, that's there on YouTube, but we actually had that put into we had an animation created by the draw shop and uh basically have we put that on i love marketing i don't think we've put the animated version so okay well let's do that that with this episode up under this episode right yeah then in case i don't get some good tesla videos or any car videos that are put up there at least that's 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 you know i mean it's not like anyone's paying us for this so that we don't have to i guess fulfill we don't really have to create a dream come true experience for our podcast (laughs) (laughs) But I can assure you the is selling evil could perhaps be a dream come true experience. No, but here's what I really like. If people actually like that video because uh, people are showing it in, in universities, which is cool. might teach yeah. something. And uh, in seminars and stuff, people are actually using that video to really give a – you know, people really resonate with my message about that. I would love if you took that video to our listeners. If you would love – I would love it if you actually spread it around and just shared it because I – you know, I hope it's my contribution to uh, the perspective of how to look at salespeople. And again, selling could be used in evil ways. I mean, anything could be used as manipulation and, you know, bad ways. But for the most part, if, uh, if you're uh, the definition of selling that I use there, if you follow that definition, I, I don't see anything but good that could come out of it if your actions and intentions follow the definition that I explain on that video. So. Right on. Check it out on ilovemarketing.com. Let's put the animated version up there. You can also find them on YouTube if you just typed in my name, Joe Polish, is selling evil. Perfect. You know, so that would be great, Dean, if you could. And and by the way, if anything goes wrong with the website currently, you know, because, I mean, maybe we'll pass this back and forth and Dean will make it my responsibility at some point in time. But currently, Dean is the one that, so if an MP3 is not up there at the same time as, you know, like the transcript, it's, it's all Dean's fault. And so I'm ready for that now. So yeah, if anyone wants to, we've 93 episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I, when you think about that, what an accomplishment we've got here. I like that completely. So, I mean, I think people should can, take maybe you can do it for 93. I'm, I'm ready for you to do it for the next 93 episodes. Yeah, you know, we should. I mean, two, two entire yeah. you know work weeks. You know, yeah. there in free episodes. Well, that's exactly true. <laughs> Good lord, we've got. <laughs> well, no, it's <laughs> more than that. It's working overtime. It's, working overtime. That's right. <laughs> 45 hour weeks. We've got it. All right. So to, to wrap up what we've talked about here, um, you know, uh, profit activators, those are the, the principle based things to make your before, during and after units hum. Uh, you know, so that, that's obviously what all of the marketing is, is built around. If you've not read the breakthrough DNA report, please go ahead and do so. Uh, if you really feel the urge and need to buy something, you can get our I Love Marketing book that is available uh, online at ilovemarketing.com. 
and um, you know, accurate thinking. You know, go and uh, pick up uh, Napoleon Hill's uh, "Think and Grow Rich" and read the chapter on a- accurate thinking, and um, take it seriously because mm. it is your life. There you go. Yeah, and uh, until next time, uh, we got some good episodes coming up. We've also got some cool guests that we're going to have, and we're going to put some yeah. bonus episodes up too. I've got a really interesting episode that I did with. Um, uh, Jeff Madoff, who is the mm-hmm. guy that does all the Victoria's Secret commercials. So we're going to put that up as a bonus episode. It's actual video uh, that I shot. And at the time I'm doing this recording, I'm getting ready to leave to go to the – I will be live at the Victoria's Secret fashion show, which will be cool. Maybe we can do a whole episode on that. Perfect. When you get back, it would be great. We'll take pictures and everything. Me and, uh, I'll, I'll be it. in the show, actually. I'll be on the runway. Love it. Yeah. In your, uh, yeah. In my little angel outfit. Leopard skin, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to try to find some thought leaders, all right, while we're, you know, we're going to really scrape the bottom of the barrel. We're searching high and low. Uh, Okay. So, Dean, be well. And to all our listeners, have a good day, good night, wherever you're at, and we will talk to you later. Thank you. Bye.